All right, we're on. Anton, finally, you're here. Uh, we've been uh, yeah, man, finally. We've been trying to get this uh, podcast for like several weeks now, but nothing happened. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, man. Time difference and everything is a bit hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's like a big time difference too. So it's like, yeah, it can be really hard. So how are you, man? Good man, how are you? Hope everything's good there in Norway. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. The gym is opening like next week, so we'll see what happens. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and there, good, how's good. Australia? Yeah, and here is alright. Like we just started um, opening now, but only still with the no contact stuff. So probably for another month or so, hopefully, um, and then we'll go back to normal training. But right now, just um, solo drills and boot camp exercise and stuff like that. But glad that the gym's open and back to some type of classes mm. you're not allowed to like drill with a person you just have to do solo drills yeah that's right solo drills have some dummies and stuff there or like people can make their own dummies with the gi and some towels and pillows and things like that and so we're doing some drills like that also doing um no hip of like circuit training calisthenics exercises and all sorts of other like animal gymnastic and natural stuff stuff yeah solo drills and things No, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I've been a little bit lazy. I've been training a little bit boxing and stuff like that. Not too much, but some. And I've been drilling some with my friends and stuff, but nothing too awesome. like n- nothing, nothing too too serious, to be honest. I'm yeah. Yeah, it's not not the same as normal training, but it's always good to feel um, you know whatever type of training you can get out. So if you're doing weights or if you're running or whatever, it's always better than nothing, but nothing simulates or emulates the same as actually training live with another person so you can do your best with all the movements with dummies whatever but there's nothing um that beats you know back to normal training yeah it's true it's true man it's nothing beats like a live partner which they should start ma- making robots instead if this gonna happen again i think eventually they will they probably will man yeah they should It's not a bad idea, actually. A robot that can feel like that can be choked, that have, yeah, that you can armbar or whatever, you know, that almost simulates, uh, almost uh, like a simulation of a human, almost. So that's right. Definitely, definitely will happen at some point. Yeah, why not? Because if this happen again, people are gonna get crazy. So if, for sure, if for they sure. can't train, so. So, um, talk a little bit, bit about your journey in jiu-jitsu, like, how did you get started and, uh, and stuff? Um, I started jiu-jitsu when I was probably around 14, so probably like uh, 11 years ago now. So, I started jiu-jitsu um, in another city in Australia, in South Australia, in Adelaide, with a guy called Gustavo Toledo. And what got me into jiu-jitsu was... Um, My uncle was doing some martial arts, like some kung fu stuff. So, and I used to go and train with him when I was like, "No, oh, yeah." Yeah. Uh, so you were saying like uh, you you start with your uncle who did uh, kung fu, right? And stuff like that in his garage. Um. And I, what happened was, is um, you know, I trained with him and all that type of thing. And um, one of the ultimate fighter seasons at the time was out, and we started watching it. And I think it was at the time where GSP was, I don't know, um, I think he might have beat BJ Penn somewhere around that time, or one one of his fights with BJ Penn. But I can't remember if it was like season five or season six. But uh, they, I started watching and 
they were introducing jujitsu and they were training and all this stuff. My uncle was like, man, maybe you should go and try out, um, you know, jujitsu and all this stuff for you. That would be really good. It looks great. Maybe you should cover this area because they'd never done any duck grappling before, only kung fu and other types of striking, boxing or whatever. And I was playing rugby um, a lot when I was younger as well. I used to play a lot of rugby. So I'd play rugby and I'd you know, do a little bit of this kung fu stuff. But he's like, man, you should go and try out this, um, you know, jujitsu or wrestling or something, find a place. And anyway, I found a place in Adelaide that was the instructor there at the time was a guy called Gustavo Toledo. Mm. And he was a BTT black belt. All right. So it was a black belt under um, Marillo Bustamante, I think. No, really? Um, and. Uh, he, you know, was really, I started there when I was 14, didn't know what the hell I was doing, but like, you know, really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, uh, wrestling all this stuff, figuring out all these positions. I remember my first day there, um, you know, trying to do an armbar with my legs underneath the guy's back and, <laughs> and lifting my hips up into the guy's elbow and I couldn't, you know, bridge properly because my legs are under his back and he's like lying on top of my legs Yeah, and, and just stuff like that. But, you know, I really enjoyed it and I just started from there. So I probably trained there. Um, so I started when I was 14 and I trained for like a year and a half and, I, and when I turned 16 they gave me a blue belt and then after I got my blue belt um, I stopped jiu-jitsu for a bit so I got my blue belt and then I went to boarding school so I went to boarding school in Queensland another another state and went to a little um, country town called Toowoomba and I, play, and I was playing a lot of rugby so I got a, a scholarship to go to this school there for rugby and I played rugby there for a while and I didn't re I didn't do any jiu-jitsu while I was there but I still kind of improved because I would come back for school holidays or the break period for school and I'd go back home for two weeks and I'd train for you know a few days here and there on the weekend whatever then I'd go back to school and I wouldn't train again and then I'd come back and yeah so I'd train here and there yeah for probably like another two years so until I turned 18. So once I finished school, so for two years, I'd train here and there, like, you know, once a week for two weeks and then nothing for three months. And then I'd train again for, you know, a whole week straight and then nothing. And uh, until I turned 18. And then I turned 18 and I moved to Brisbane. So where I went to school, I moved to that city, um, into Brisbane. And, um, uh, like, I was playing rugby a bit more seriously. and But I had a heap of injuries and I had surgery on my ankle and I had a, a heap of issues playing rugby. So in the off season, when the rugby season had finished, I just did some pre rehab and stuff like that. And then I found another jujitsu gym and the gym here um, that I'm training at now is the same gym that I started with there is um, Gaha Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and, the, and the black belt, there's a guy called Eduardo Diaz. Um, yeah. And he's a black belt under Roberto Trevin. And... Travin was here at a certain time in, in Australia with him and they, you know, they lived together and stuff and he got a black belt under Travin and he's from a gym in Brazil in Rio called Axi and, you know, there's a lot of very old school guys. It's one of, one yeah. of the more, you know, original familiar. gyms there that you've been there a heap of times before and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I met yeah. you. Yeah. And, um, I remember we lived yeah, in the same room. It was, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, stayed in, in uh, with Matthias. Yeah, it, it was hilarious, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of fun. But, but like, you know, this that's kind of like how I started and the progression. Then I got up to, you know, this point now at the same at the same place here with Eduardo Diaz. And yeah, man, that's kind of how I started. That's kind of like the journey or like a brief overview of the kind of like timeline of jujitsu, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story, man. It sounds it sounds like a lot of fun, man. Like playing rugby yeah, man, and always, then always make... meeting really cool people all the way all the way through all that time, man. So a lot of really awesome people around jujitsu. I think it's um, you know got to do with how um, you know everything. You make a mistake. Every you, you meet really decent people because. And when you get submitted, you, you can't. There's no pretending that didn't happen. It happened, you know. What I mean, yeah. so there's a, there's a different level of like um, honesty and accountability about people that do jujitsu. Most of the time, not all the time. There's no absolutes or anything like that. But you know, you generally find people that are more accepting of you know all different avenues of life. And they're not so rigid and stuck to their beliefs. It's man, you lose, you win, you lose. It's part of life, and yeah. you have to overcome obstacles and things like that. And that's I think. The type of people you really kind of find on this kind of journey of pursuing jujitsu. Yeah, plus a lot of fun, you know, and you get to see new places and stuff like that. So it's absolutely, man. Yeah. Traveling is awesome. Yeah, and and you know, like the same thing a lot of people say is it's maybe you don't know the language or whatever, but you both know jujitsu, and it's already something you can connect with so deeply, man. So it's easy to make um, friends with people that are from any country that are training jujitsu because again, you kind of meet people with similar values and things like that a lot of the time mm, absolutely man it's like and it's plus it's good to combine if you go to a vacation combine it with some training and stuff not just all party or eating or whatever you like oh, to for do sure, man, for sure. so it's, it's good to like uh get some exercise too you know it's not always fun to go to the gym and only lift weights it's not so it's not that that much fun i don't like it either. i don't like it but i, I do it but i don't like it so uh yeah, so uh, it's better like to go to a gym and socialize and stuff. It's much more socializing and jiu-jitsu and meet different people and rolling and yeah, learn new stuff and yeah, other things. You know, it's it's always something new to learn, no matter what belt you are. I would say. Absolutely. So yeah, what's your favorite position, by the way, in jiu-jitsu? Um, man, I like I, I I don't think I have like a favorite position. You know, I think there's stuff that I favor because I do do it well or something like that. But man, I just man, I like all positions. I just like training. To be honest, I like exploring and, and figuring out new situations and new positions and watching. Like I just really enjoy the craft and the art of jujitsu itself. You know, it's um something for me that's um super super um fulfilling you know you, you can be as creative as you want and you're just trying to figure out how it works along the way that's the thing that i enjoy the most understanding figuring out and understanding how it works that's the thing that to me is fulfilling and i enjoy the most you know i love all sorts of different positions you know there's certain positions that i do well i do certain footlocks well i do um you know the closed guard quite well i take the back very well in certain positions but yeah man, I, don't know, I don't think i have a favorite favorite position man i just you know, everything's good <laughs> you just pick the right time and it works every anything can work you just got to find the right time to apply you know what i mean yeah it's true it's it's true man it's true for sure so uh, how how has the like the jiu-jitsu in Brisbane developed like in the last years in your point of view? Um, like I think this is a point of view that like most people have like all over the place. Um, it, it's I think um, since I started jiu-jitsu and I started jiu-jitsu in Adelaide, the the thing that I've noticed the most is even you know I started you know 10 11 years ago and i was 14 or whatever but even at that time it still hadn't become so mainstream so when i first started jujitsu when i was 14 or whatever they didn't have kids classes it wasn't 
a big thing for everyone to do jiu-jitsu. That's something that's been, you know, a little more recent, I reckon, in maybe the last five years. In, in Australia, I don't know about everywhere else, but in Australia, maybe in the last five years, that's become a much bigger thing because it's become so popular with MMA and the UFC and everything. Yeah, but yeah. when I first started jiu-jitsu, it was it, 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 because, again, it's the early days in Australia of jiu-jitsu. There wasn't any black belts. There was a couple here or there. Now there's many black belts in every city. There's you know, how many different Gracie Bajas in this city, there's how many different gyms here, and there's many, many gyms now. But when I first started, it's been very quick, like the evolution and how big it's gotten in only 10 years. But when I first started in Adelaide, there was maybe two or three gyms um, and that had instructors, you know, um, I, I think there was maybe two, maybe three black belts in the whole, you know, city of, you know, two and a half million people. Um, and um, the, the guys that were looking for jiu-jitsu and looking to train there were martial artists. There were guys that wanted to, you know, understand grappling or they had watched some of the UFC and they, you know, thought that was really cool because they'd never seen any type of grappling stuff like this before. Um, but it was like more like um, hardcore martial artists. It wasn't the, the average person, you know what I mean? Or, or it was some guy that was a police officer, you know, like, it's a bit more intense, you know what I mean? It was very geared towards guys that were, you know, going to go and fight or defend themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas I think now it's, it's you know, everyone's doing jiu-jitsu. It's become so popular and open with UFC and Joe Rogan podcasts and everything. And it's, you know, such a big mainstream sport now. And yeah. that's only happened in, in, you know, in the last 10 years in, in um, Australia from when I started to now. Yeah, yeah that's de definitely, man. Uh, Eduardo, your instructor, was he a black belt when you started training with him, or he, or was he a bra still a brown belt back then? No, no, he, he he was a black belt already. I'm not sure how long he was a black belt before I started training with him, but he's already, you know, third degree black belt when I started um, training with him here in in Brisbane. Oh, okay, that's that's cool. That's yeah, long, long long time black belt. Um, I th I'm not sure when he was given his black belt. I'm pretty sure he was given his black belt by um, Roberto Traven, um, from what I understand. And yeah, man, he's, he started with um, actually being in Rio and you know, trained there for a long, long time and came to Australia and he, you know, worked at a few gyms here and there. I think he started in Sydney first and then he moved to Brisbane um, with Traven and maybe Traven left and he stayed here and he opened up his gym to see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Traven is yeah. like a legend, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never met him. I I know about him, but I never met him. But, yeah, he... I, know, I never met him either, but, yeah, all, the only stuff I know about Traven is through Eduardo, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's very good. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned also Marilla Bustamante. Uh, I had him on the podcast before you, actually. Oh, awesome. Very good, very good. Man. Yeah. <laughs> See, every, it's a small world. Everything's connected somehow, especially, yeah. you know, with jiu-jitsu. Everyone's connected. They're all from the same neighborhood, from the same area, from the same city. So, yeah. Yeah, I also had uh, Ricardo Vieira, JT Torres, Espen Matisen. With more guys, Cristiano Marcelo. He was like, uh, he, he was the jiu-jitsu coach at Shootbox back in the day. I also had him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had awesome. met, I've had many many good guys. So I'm trying to get like 
to get the best guys, you know, the most active competitors and old school, new school. I don't care, you know. I I'm a huge fan of the old school guys, though. So it's it's a lot yeah, of fun, you know. I, I don't do this for like getting paid or something like that. It's just for fun, you know, just to promote for people. Sure, and, but, and everyone has everyone has good information, and if you can take one thing from listening to somebody, it's always helpful. Absolutely, man. So uh, yeah, we, let's talk a little bit about Brazil, man. How what do you think of like visiting Brazil? You've been there once, right, or twice? Uh, no, just one time. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Brazil. You know, um, I, it was okay. Like I, I the training was good. Like I trained at Axe there it was solid. It was good, but I don't. There wasn't as many guys competing there at the time, so the training was. You know, it was good. It was solid, but there wasn't. You know, that as many active competitors as I thought there was going to be. Um, mm. I, I enjoyed Brazil. It was fun. I didn't. I don't think I experienced as much culturally as um, you could. You know, I kind of just. You know. Went to the gym, went home, went to the gym, went home, training the whole time. Yeah, and um, eating. You know, I had a very big injury when I was there, which was very disappointing, and I had to get a big surgery and stuff like that. So, and I'll, I'll always go back to Brazil at some point in time. Um, you know, I, I love competing. I'll definitely go back and compete again. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But, you know, I think I, I need to kind of experience a bit more before I can make a, um, you know, a better assessment of everything or just kind of express my opinion didn't really i didn't get to really experience too much i was only there for two weeks or whatever i spent the whole time training really really hard uh, i competed there on the grand slam i think at the end of 2018 um and man i had a really big injury on my knee i, I you know I, it was fun to compete there it was really it was really fun it was fun to train there and everything um the thing for me that you know is very big is like because coming from australia not knowing the difference in level and stuff like that and um, you know, being shocked at how, you know, it's very similar. There's always, there's always good guys everywhere you go. Um, it doesn't matter you know, if you uh, from Adelaide or from Melbourne or from wherever. It, there's good guys in every city, in every country. It's just, you know, there, maybe there's a little more depth because Jiu-Jitsu has been in Brazil longer. So there's, you know, a bigger number of good guys there at, at, you know, at certain gyms and certain places. But, yeah. you know, Jiu-Jitsu is Jiu-Jitsu. Everybody's got arms and legs and the techniques work um, on everybody and anyone. So it doesn't matter where you come from. Yeah, of course. What of gym course. From, like, and you can be competitive and you can beat anybody and anybody can beat you. And that's something that kind of was even more clear to me um, for the first time training in Brazil, you know, the mecca of jiu-jitsu, that's where it's all from. And you, you, you think the guys there are just going to wipe the floor with you and they're going to be great. And you go there and, you know, it's a little bit different in your head. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it, and, but I definitely would like to go back there and, yeah. you know, have some other experiences and things like that. Yeah, you should, man. I, I went back uh, the year after I met you. I went back the year after and competed again at Grand Slam. Ah, awesome, man. How did you go? Ah, uh, oh, fuck. Third place again. Yeah, that's all right, man. Good. Man, competing is the battle. You go there and you do battle. Yeah, but the guy, like... You can fix it. Yeah. The first match, I was like... The guy armbarred me. I was like so discouraged when I was like... Went back to, to get the second match. I was so discouraged. And I was like, fuck. I blew it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. He armbarred me. This is not supposed to happen. And then I had the other match against another guy, huge guy, and there was a war, man. He couldn't tap me, I couldn't tap him, so it was like, it was a good match, you know. I I, I, I made up for it in the second match, so I was like, okay. Yeah, that's right, man, good, good. I but lost. That's all, but... that's all you can do, man. You can go there and you do your best, and if you're not happy with it, the next fight you're going to show that you can do better. 
know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, true, man, true, man. Now I can't, I can't even roll. I when when we start training, I can't roll because I fucked my knee up. So I went to yeah. uh, to a physiotherapist, and I'm, I'm I've started like training my leg up again. So maybe 2021, I'm, I can start competing. End of 2021, I can start competing again. So. Yeah, man, I had I, man, I had the same issue. So, end of 2018, I had a massive injury on in my knee, tore my ACL, oh, my, shit. my MCL, meniscus damage, everything, yeah. ruptured all these ligaments. Had a surgery. You know, four months later, I came back and competed. After man, a lot of rehab. Had yeah. the surgery one month after the surgery, man, straight into the rehab every day, every day, every day. Yeah, yeah, it takes time. You know, you got to be patient. Doing all these things. Yeah. Yeah, man, and I went and competed in Abu Dhabi after that. I got third place in the under 94 kilo division. You know, I fought some very good guys. I fought um, Herbert Santos. I fought um, Conan Dwight. I lost by two points. You know, so, I mean, you can, you, any, anyone can achieve anything. Man. You just have to, exactly what you said, put the focus in, spend the time, you know, grind it out. Yeah, and, yeah, for and sure. Turn up and do your best. And yeah. sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose, but. You need to put yourself in position so you can, you know, win as many times as you can win. You know what I mean? You have to train this many sessions. You have to do this much rehab. You have to do this. So no, absolutely. you're in the race. You know, absolutely. there's no excuses. You're there. You're ready. And yeah. man, if your performance is good today, you're going to be the one that's, you know, gold medal, whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. So, uh, what do you think? Like, uh, how was your experience like competing um, in Grand Slam in Rio compared to competing in uh, I don't know what competitions you have in Australia? I, I know you have something called Pan Pacific, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's probably probably the biggest gi competition. Um, yeah, maybe no gi as well. So IBJJF, biggest IBJJF. Um, uh, competition in Australia and it has a decent level but yeah it doesn't it obviously you know Rio Grand Slam Abu Dhabi World Pro you know um, Worlds um, IFBJJ Worlds all this stuff like you don't get many international competitors coming to Australia it's so far away from the rest of the world yeah um, and because because of that you don't get um, you know the different styles and how certain other guys compete You do have a lot of Brazilian guys here, and there are some good guys. But again, the depth of level and the and the overall level itself is just not as high. It's just not going to be as high because you don't have the same pool of people to come from. Like, there's only 24 million, 23, 24 million people in Australia. You know, you you are going to have some good guys, but even all the best guys out of Australia that end up moving or mainly training you know, with gyms in the US or somewhere else, you know what I mean? So, um, the level is definitely not as high. There are good guys that are competitive and can be competitive, but the depth is not the same. There's not 15 good guys that are in the same division. It's maybe two guys in each division that are good and then everyone else is, you know, below the mm. standard of international yeah. competition. Yeah, it, it makes sense because uh, Australia is like very, like you said, it's like very far away. So it's not, it, it's not. You, you can't just go there for a weekend. If you go there, you have to go there for at least a week or a couple of weeks, you know, to visit. If you, yeah, even if you're gonna compete, too far to travel for most people. It's not, it's not worth it. There's nothing unless there. There are some, you know, more um, famous guys that you know think about moving here to open gyms and stuff. It's, a, it's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good guys that are thinking about doing stuff like that. I think um, Tallison, he moved here somewhere on the Gold Coast. Um, 
the Hodge Gracie um, black belt, um, uh, Charles Negamonte, I think he moved down and he started to open a gym somewhere in Sydney or whatever. So there's guys coming here because there's mm. a lot of opportunity to open gyms and stuff like that because, you know, it's the early stages of, you know, building. It's such a big place, so much space, and, you know, it's a very small population. So it's going to, there's a lot of growth in, in, you know, in the future for Australia. And that's, that's, um, you know, appealing for a lot of people, especially, you know, this in the early stages still. There's a lot of growing room and stuff like that, but yeah, you know, it'll, it'll get there at some point, but yeah, it's definitely not at the same level at the moment, but it's growing very fast, you know, it's um, very, very popular, man, a lot of people prefer it over so many different sports, it's, it's not so aggressive, you know, it's not the same as boxing and kickboxing, even though it's a great sport, but it's just the impact, you know, mm, um, yeah. you know rug, rugby and, and all these other things, there's a lot of impact and people get a bit worried about their children, so they put them into jiu-jitsu, even though you're teaching submissions, everything's very controlled and very yeah, safe. It's and on a co- control. They're learning confidence uh, yeah. in how to defend themselves and everything. Absolutely, man. It's a, it's much more safer too than rugby because you can't do rugby uh, until you're very old. Rugby is like a young man's sport, I would say. So, or... I would say for sure as well. It's just the impact, man. Running into each other, kicking each other, hitting each other, explosion, power, collisions. Yeah, yeah. It's expo- after a certain it, time, it's too damaging. Yeah, is it? it how? Uh, what is the most common in, uh, injury if you do rugby? Is it the knees or is it uh, what? What's the most common? Yeah, probably the most common injuries would be like knee and ankle injuries. I've had um, both of them. So I've had a surgery on my ankle before from playing rugby. I've had maybe two other knee injuries that didn't require surgery, but, you know, eight weeks of, you know, rehab and wearing a brace and all these things and stuff like that. But you can get injured anywhere. You know, I've been injured one time through jujitsu very badly when I needed a surgery. Um, But, you know, I I think the impact is the biggest difference. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of people breaking their ankles and breaking this and breaking that from rugby. Whereas, you know, most most of the damage in jiu-jitsu is, is, you know, ligament and soft tissue damage. Most of the time, all right, with jiu-jitsu is because a guy doesn't want to tap. Yeah. Every now and then, here and there, the guy, you know, twists his knee the wrong way or someone falls on him, uh, you know, badly and he he can break something or damage his knee that way. But, yeah, yeah, definitely... um, Knee and ankle, and then also the shoulders is quite common in rugby as well because of the collision, the tackling, and stuff like that. It's it's like very explosive, right? I I never played rugby, so I gotta ask. It's like super explosive and stuff compared to yeah, yeah, def- definitely very explosive, man. Very explosive, very physical. You you, you definitely want a high um, muscle mass to just absorb the, the force of running into each other. You know, I, I was never the biggest guy. I was always quite strong. I'm playing rugby, but I, man, I played with guys much much bigger than me. Yeah, you know, you're not a small guy heaviest, either. So. The heaviest I ever got to playing rugby was, um, you know, around 106 kilos, which is probably like 230 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. But man, I was playing, I was always playing with much, much heavier guys, you know, guys that are, you know, 270 pounds, no you shit. Know, 280 pounds, huge, huge guys, 120 kilos, 130 kilo guys. That's Tall guys, guys too. Man. Like super, like Sorry, super, like tall, like uh, big guys, but very tall guys too. Yeah, yeah. There's all, all different body shapes, man. There's there's really tall guys that play certain positions. Um, there's really thick, powerful guys that play certain positions. It's just depends, man. Everyone's got you know attributes that are effective for that. But always, it's a very, it's a much more physical um, style of game than anything that I've you know done anything 
completely different to kickboxing and boxing. It's just the body contact, man. You're running into another fully grown man. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of, a lot of impact. Yeah. With no padding, with no you know shoulders, no helmets, nothing. Just yeah. running into each other from 10 meters away. Yeah, it's like, ugh. yeah, it sounds a bit rough, you know. I I wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah. Fuck no. So, uh, who did you fight with uh, when you competed in Rio in 2018? Um, in 2018, um, so I fought a local guy that I I can't remember, and I won. That was my first or second fight. I can't remember. Um, and I won by an armbar. And then I was. It was a small division, so I think I went. I think I had a buy. Then I fought um, a local guy there. I can't remember which gym he was from. I think he might have been from NS Brotherhood, and I was able to submit him with an armbar. Yeah. From the mount, and then after that, I fought in the quarterfinal, I believe. Yeah, in the quarterfinal or the semifinal, can't remember. I think it was, and I fought a guy from Atos, um, uh, Helton Junior, I believe. That I fought. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's I right. I, was a I remember. Passive. It was. It was. It wasn't really much in the fight. It was a bit. I was being a little cautious. I never fought him before. I didn't know what kind of techniques he was going to try. Um, I tried to stand up with him, you know, I, I really like to fight for takedowns, I have some good takedowns, my wrestling's okay, you know, a lot of it is from my rugby background, that's why I have um, some good takedowns, I have good balance standing up, um, and he pulled guard pretty early, I think he put like a lasso position, I tried to do like a foot lock on him, kind of rolled out, he stood up one time on a single leg, I defended a single leg, we got back to this position, mm-hmm. standing again tried to look for some takedowns again he pulled closed guard opened the closed guard then we got to like a weird position where he locked um i don't know like a reverse a uh, closed guard type position where my i'm sitting you know on like the mount the wrong way and his legs are locked locked the other way and there's nothing really happened and then the time went and zero zero referee decision he we ended up um, winning, which I think was fair because I just was a little bit inactive and it was a little bit passive. I needed to kind of push a little bit, but you know, I was being probably a little bit too careful. And yeah. then I think I fought another one or two guys in the rapid charge. Um, local guys are one, you know, maybe two more fights. And then I got into the third place fight, which I fought the next day with that Adam Wazinski. And um, that's where I had my knee as well. So that fight was all right. Like I wasn't doing too bad. Like he has a very good butterfly sweep and, um, you know, he couldn't sleep me well, so uh, I engaged with him. He pulled guard straight away. You know, I was trying to pass his butterfly, trying to go one way. He gets the butterfly, try to go back to the other side. You know, he almost got some sweeps. He got a couple advantages. I think he got one, uh, maybe two advantages for like doing big kicks. You know, but I just scrambled up very quickly, and he was never able to get on the top. So um, after the butterfly wasn't working too well, he changed to the single leg X and. Um, he put the single leg X and, um, you know, he was looking to sweep or whatever. And I, then I started to attack his foot on his top leg. And I, as I started to attack his foot with like an esteem a lot, I think he, I don't know if he freaked out or he was worried about his foot, but he rolled over the top of my leg and my leg was still in the single leg X trapped under his armpit. So in, in, from what I understood was a reap, but. You know, I'm not the referee. I don't make the decisions of that. And man, as he rolled over, my foot still stuck there, and hit me, my knee popped. Pop, pop, pop. Oh, you know, and shit! I'm going, ah, man, 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 my leg, my leg. And he he stands up. I don't know. He starts talking Portuguese to the referee a little bit. And I'm like, man, this is a reap, man. This is not right. Blah blah blah. Whatever. The referee awards him the win. He goes off the mat. I'm like, man, I don't understand. And um, but I'm a little bit more worried about my knee. The 
medic comes over, starts to help me out, man. I, I said, man, I think it's bad, you know, I think it's bad. And then, uh, yeah, I go off the mat, get some ice or whatever, and that's, you know, that's my competition kind of story, so. Yeah. Sucks, though. Yeah, man, it was, it was pretty early in the fight. I think it was only maybe one and a half minutes in. There's still plenty of time left. I felt like there was a kind of turning point in the fight. I feel like if I didn't injure myself, it would have been a very, very close fight. I started to start to get the better of his positions and things like that. So I was yeah. very disappointed with that. But that's life, man. How, uh, what do you think of like fighting him? Was he like, had he like strong grips or was he like a, a very strong guy or was it like. Um, I don't think he's stronger or you know more powerful than any other guy I've competed like I feel like I'm a very strong guy for that division um I've spent a long time doing a lot of different strength and conditioning I can't comment on what other guys do you know but I man the strength and condition that I've done since I was you know 16 17 with all my rugby stuff is a big difference like and there was guys squatting 250 kilos and stuff when I was playing rugby is is a normal thing to be very, very powerful and very strong. Mm. I don't think they have the same level of strength and conditioning and stuff like that in jiu-jitsu jiu because it's not run by organizations where, you know, in the NFL or the NBA, you know, man, these guys are trying to maximize their power and their performance and all this stuff where as jiu-jitsu is such a technical sport, you know, people spend way more time on the technique portion of jiu-jitsu and that's important. It's really important, but... I think not many guys get the best out of their strength and conditioning. And that's okay because, you know, it's a, it's a lot more technical. There's a lot more technique involved. Um, th these other athletic pursuits are more about athleticism and power and strength and things like that. But I, I've never, ever struggled with strength or power with any of the guys I've competed with. Um, I've always been very, very comfortable strength-wise and stuff like that. And I think that's because of my background with rugby and such a heavy... Yeah. Um, strength and conditioning programs and things like that absolutely so you have an the advantage thing about him i would say is he's very very um dexterous with his legs it's very easy for him to always put the butterfly inside doesn't matter which position you get to he's so good at getting there that's why it's his thing um so man he's just really good at putting you know these wedges and these hooks inside to always create like a hook sweep a butterfly sweep hook sweep so that's the thing that he's quite good at it's quite flexible too um, but you know, I, I just have to adjust a few things. You know, if I pull guard on him, maybe it's a little bit of a different game. If you know, he's hard to pass with this type of style of stuff. Maybe you've got to pass a little differently or attack his legs more. So, and there's always different ways to approach. You just have to have a look and adjust and try again, and eventually you get your goal, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You also fight Herbert, you said. Yeah, that's right. So in the um, 2019 um, World Pro. Uh, which is, you know, I think in the end of my first year as a black belt. So I got my black belt and yeah, mid, mid 2018. So I went, I think the first competition as a black belt, I did the Japan Grand Slam where I got third place there. And then, um, the next one I might've fought in LA, I think, and I was a bit sick and you know, I traveled there one week. I didn't do so well. I did fight Adam there as well, I believe. Um, and some other guys there and I didn't do so well I didn't compete too well I was super, pretty disappointed and then I went to Rio on the end of the year where I had my knee um, and um, yeah man I 
had the huge injury, came back from injury, man, spent so much time in rehab. I was even considering not competing because it was so um, early um, after the surgery and, you know, that it's a big risk that you can re-damage your knee and all this stuff like that. But I'm like, look, you know, this is a big opportunity. I've spent so much time doing this rehab. I, you know, only train very, very light, never any hard sparring, very, very light, training with, you know, 50 kilo. Um, people, very, very light people, blue belts, um, you know, nobody that could hurt me. I train, you know, away from the injured leg and do it on this side and stuff like that. And, you know, I was like, you know what, I'll go there. I might not compete, I'll go there, but I'll just check it out. So I got very heavy, actually, I got very, very heavy from the surgery, obviously, because I couldn't train. I got up to like 108 kilos, massive, the heaviest I've ever been. Oh, shit. You know, 235 pounds, very, very heavy, 230. Is that super pounds, heavy? Massive, very heavy. Hey? It's like super heavyweights. Yeah, super heavyweights. Or ultra. Fat, you know, I haven't, haven't been training, just lifting weights on my upper body and doing my rehab for my legs and stuff and got fat and stuff. And so when I came back um, uh, into training and Gaha and stuff, you know, I started, you know, eating better and I'm, I'm training now every day and teaching classes and all this stuff. And even though I wasn't training sparring hard, I was always going over positions and everything. So I was like, I'll go to Abu Dhabi. I already qualified for the ticket, so it's you know going to be covered. I'll go there, and if I compete, I compete. If I don't, it's not a problem. Mm. And once I got there, you know, I was like, nah, I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete, but you know, I have to look after my knee. So man, I strapped up my knee, man, taped it up, taped it up, taped it up, wrapped it around. He's like, man, there's no way this is going to get injured, but you know, there's still always a risk. But man, I did my best, you know, to you know try and avoid any problems. And man, I went there, I competed, and I think. This actually helped me a lot because I couldn't do a lot physically. I only stuck to like a very, very tight kind of scenario. Like, man, I'd try and pass on the top, but it, it, I would pull guard, get to the single leg, stand up, take down. That's it. That's all I did the whole the whole competition. Yeah, it worked. Try and take you down, double leg, single leg. Man, otherwise, half guard, hug the leg, stand up. Doesn't matter how, just stand up. Bam, yeah. take down, get two points. You know what I mean? And that's. You know, it did really well for me. So, you know, nice, got, um, nice. it's the mission here and there, but I, I won a heap of fights by points. And um, yeah, for um, Herbert, I was able to beat Herbert. Um, I submitted him in side control. He kind of gave up, you know, in the middle of the fight. And really? He was struggling a lot. Yeah, man. Like, he, um, I don't know what he happened with him, but he. I had my first fight. I fought. Um, uh, uh, What's his name? Um, Kynan. I fought Kynan. So uh, yeah. I had a fight with Kynan. It was a very, very close fight, man. I, um, I started, you know, exchanging with him. He pulled guard, um, guard straight away. You know, I was trying some sweeps here and there. got to the close guard. I stood up. I opened his close guard. Then he played like a spider guard. Um, opened, you know, didn't, you know, tried some sweeps and stuff. Nothing too crazy. And then he went for like a kiss of the dragon inversion to kind of like go to my back. I jumped on the knee bar. I was being a bit aggressive. So he got two points off of that because he was able to come on the top. And then, um, you know, I got to my half guard, you know, I tried to stand up on the single leg. He kind of defended. We went out, out of bounds. We started again. Um, then, you know, I, I was back in the half guard. I was able to, like, he wasn't able to pass. He got some good position, but I was kind of doing some lapel stuff and trying to wrap up his leg. And eventually he disengaged completely and stood up. And as soon as he stood up, I get... Um, like that cyborg style tornado throw. So bang, I threw him and he bounced up really quick. 
So I didn't get the throw, but I got an advantage. And then boom, I got on the single leg. And off the single leg, you know, I was trying to finish. And you know, usually I'm quite strong from that position, but and I was really suffering because you know I didn't have much gas. I hadn't really trained much, so <coughs> I really yeah. struggled yeah. with, with the cardio. You know what I mean? I didn't. You know, I wasn't fit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to trying to put him down as much as I can, but I'm having a really hard time. And then he disengages again and. He pulls guard again, and I go for like a toe hold right on the end, but the time it goes, and that's the end of the fight. So he ended up winning 2-0. I had an advantage. And then, um, you know, I fought a couple of times. I had a few buys in the record charge. Um, I fought um, uh, that Heizen Ritter um, from um, uh, Japan. Um, you know, he, he's quite good. Like, uh, he engaged me. He ended yeah. like some takedown stuff. I, I went for like a throw, but I wasn't real confident with my knee, and he kind of like... Um, just fell on top, you know what I mean. So is there is um, this a Japanese guy? The 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 guy we're uh, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, which yeah, gym? So he, which gym is he? He's but, from. Um, I think he's um, from. I'm not sure, like uh, uh, where in Africa. I'm not sure where in Africa he's from, but yeah, he he lives in Japan. He's quite good, man. He has some you know cool positions. He's a very long guy. Has a very good open guard and stuff like mm, that. Very mm, cool, okay. cool guy, long legs, long arms. Yeah, of course. Um, But um, yeah, man, it was it was a good fight. Like I was able to finish him with an esteem lock very early in the fight. So um, he, um, you know, he put me down actually. Well, I like, had like a failed throw, and he landed on the top, so he got two points for a takedown. And then I got out into like a single leg exposition. He backstepped, and we like kind of stood up. Once I stood up, he jumped for like a triangle, and he kind of like fell off the triangle and. And then I just pushed his foot like right on my stomach, and the foot lock was right there. And I got the foot lock like right off of the exchange. So I won that fight by submission. And then the third fight was Herbert, I believe. Yeah. So the third fight with Herbert was, um, you know, I started standing. Um, I went, I tried to shoot on him really low, and he jumped the triangle straight away. And uh, like it wasn't locked up super tight. I was able to get my elbow like right down into the floor. So it was hard for him to lock properly, and it was like locked like really high up on his calf so yeah and he was squeezing really hard squeezing really hard but he wasn't able to finish mm. and i think that's kind of what um you know kind of like uh i think he thought it was going to be a very easy fight and he got to a submission early but he wasn't able to finish and then he kind of just like man i don't know he was already tired he was suffering he cut weight and he normally fights in the ultra heavy division or whatever or the heavier kind of division so it cut down to 94 and maybe that you know really affected his gas and his energy and stuff like that but yeah. you know I just kind of waited out the triangle eventually I broke out of the triangle I tried to pass and you know screw up, uh, square up his legs and he tried to stand up off of him standing up I got like a double leg we went outside um, then he pulled guard um, which I thought was unusual because you know he's got quite good stand up um, but you know I was very confident on my feet He has very good judo. He has some good chip trips and throws. But you know, I feel I'm was very he, comfortable on my feet. I'm, was he like I'm very explosive? I have good wrestling. Was he like Sorry, very? Was he very explosive when you fought him? He because usually early in the fight he's very explosive with his judo and his and his drops yeah. and argus and stuff. Was he very explosive when you fought him? Uh, no, he didn't really fight any stand up at all with me, which I was quite surprised with. Yeah, that's so weird. That's one of his strongest areas of his game, but he jumped the triangle straight away, which is. You know, he does a lot of flying submissions and flying guard passes and stuff. So he was still very explosive, but I feel like um, because he, maybe he was suffering with his energy, he just didn't have the, the power to kind of fight standing up. And um, yeah, man. And then 
uh, he tried to sweep me with a few positions, almost passed. He'd stand up again, get on a single leg again, and then and he just went in the middle of the mat, pulled me to the side control and kind of just laid there. And then I, you know, put my forearm on his throat, started to choke him, he tapped immediately. So, you know, he kind of just kind of gave up. Huh. It was the middle of the fight. And you know, I don't know, he was suffering a lot and all this stuff, but then he just, you know, he had enough. Hmm. Yeah, he, uh, sometimes he does that. This is not the first time he, uh, he's been doing that. So. No, no, no. Yeah. That's right. He uh, he has been caught in submissions before and just like give up before you even put the submission on. He just gives up. I don't know why, but uh, maybe I don't know, man. He's a very very talented individual. He's very explosive. He's very um, acrobatic and, and um, dynamic, and he and man, he can do so well so easily. And maybe when he has he's put in situations where he really has to like push through and stuff like that, he's not used to it. I don't know. No, I can't comment on that. I just can speculate. Yeah, yeah, me so, too. That's I mean, what happens. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a little bit weird. Sometimes he's just like this killer, and some, and the other times he's just like, yeah. If uh, shit doesn't work straight away, it seems like he's just, uh, you know what? Fuck this! I'm quitting instead. You know, instead of trying to do this, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah, but you know, like that—that's not common. That's common in all sorts of scenarios, man. Like in the gym, there's guys like that. In every gym, there's a guy like that. You know, he's a very big, powerful, explosive guy. And when that stuff doesn't work for them, they don't know what else to use, mate. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah, they don't right. know how else to overcome these issues. And the thing they—they, you know, the strongest that—that's their their superpower. You know, power and explosion. That doesn't work because the other guy. You know, has the same type of thing. You got to rely on something else. You know, you got to persevere. You got to have some other scenarios or techniques or whatever that can get you across the line. And maybe that's an area that he has to work on. Maybe. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So uh, you also switch affiliated, right? With uh, God, I just switch affiliated too, right? Uh yeah. So um, they've like. They've had a few different affiliates and stuff in the past, and um, they were an affiliate with um, Hodger Gracie um, at a certain point in time. But right now, we're an affiliate with Checkmat, so I was um, always looking to go and train um, with other guys. And you know, I've been to Norway before, and I went and trained with Ox Gym, and you know, when I went to the Europeans one time because um, Gargamel there is a very good friends with um, Eduardo, you know, from their childhood, from Madrid, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I went. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I know. I know. I know Gargamel too. You know, he. I, I know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so, man. They're, they're, you know, it's the same thing I said before. It's a very small world. There's lots of um, connections everywhere, and it's that, that's really helped me a lot. Um, you know, going and learning more jujitsu, going and experiencing other places, other people jujitsu, and learning so much. You know, so um, with with the affiliation with Checkmat, like. Um, you know, I've always been looking for um, somewhere to train with, you know, competitive guys that are competing at the top top level, and I've never really done that before. I've been here and there, you know, I've been to the Ox Gym where there's, you know, a lot of good guys there. I've been to, um, you know, some other gyms uh, here and there, but never really gone and done big camps for competitions, never really gone and focused on preparing for a competition. I would just train here and teach the classes and do all this stuff and go there and do my best, you know, but... Now that, you know, it's black belt level and it's the, all the best guys in the world, you know, I have to really focus on preparing if I'm going to do well. So, 
that was the whole reason behind you know going with Checkmat, I believe. Um, so now I have a place that I can go, and you know, if there's IBF, IFBJJ Worlds and the Checkmat HQ has a big camp on for three or four weeks, and you know, I can go there and participate and really prepare myself to you know try and win some titles. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you you've been there training, right? Uh, after you got yeah, that's there. right. So. Um, Uh, 2019, same thing. I, uh, I think it was the LA Grand Slam. I went to Checkmat and I stayed there for about two weeks. And everyone else was preparing for ADCC at the time, so I actually did a lot more no-gi training mm. than um, I was doing preparing for a gi competition. But man, for me, it's all great experience. You know what I mean? So, you know, I trained with Bushesha and I trained with a whole heap of really high-level guys there. Uh, you know. Um, Uh, Gabriel Almeida, all, all these very, very high-level guys that were preparing for ADCC. It was really fun to train there and do all that type of stuff. Man. So, yeah. awesome. did, did you roll with? Uh, did you roll with Bushesha? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I trained with Bushesha a couple of times, man. Very, very explosive and fast guy for such a heavy, heavy, big dude, man. A very, very unique um, ability. You know what I mean? So, so fast and agile and stuff. Is such a big guy. Very, very. Um, X factor, you know what I mean. This is somebody that has like a special um, element to their game and their abilities. Yeah, yeah. He he has things that he does very well, and uh, yeah, he. I love watching him compete. He's one of my favorites, actually. To watch when I watch for a competitor, I always like to watch Bushesha because he always go for the finish. You know, he's no staller. He always go to to finish you. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you roll with his coach, Lozenio Leobiera? Ah, uh, no, he had a little bit of a back injury at the time, but yeah, he was running all the classes and, you know, staying there, I talked with him a lot, and Eduardo's been talking with him, um, you know, if this COVID thing wasn't, you know, such a big issue and it was a big pandemic and everything, you know, he was planning on coming and doing some seminars here in Brisbane and stuff like that, so, yeah, man, there's always going to be opportunity to go and train with him as well and learn a lot from him, man, his, his knowledge on jiu-jitsu is, you know, never-ending. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. He's uh, I never trained with him, but uh, I've I've heard people say he's like amazing and like he's a, he's a, he's a wizard. You know, he knows everything. There's not a single thing he doesn't know. If you ask him something, he probably got a question. I, I've trained with his brother, actually, Ricardo. I trained with him. I've trained with him. I rode with him several times, and uh, he's very good. And uh, so, yeah, yeah it's a lot of there's so many different guys that you know have such a high level of jujitsu, man, all over the globe. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's uh, it's many many guys with different view, views, you know. I also like train with Terere. He's an amazing instructor, very, very, very good. Like uh, top game, his his pressure on top is like shit, you know. He smashed me when I rolled with him, so but it was fun, you know. I learned from it. So yeah. So um, back to another thing. What's What's your like advice for like a guy who like um, wants to start jujitsu, but it's like, yeah, feel, feels maybe a little bit intimidating and stuff. And uh, uh, is this sport for me or yeah, whatever, whatever reason it should be. What's your advice for a guy who wants to start? Um, man, like you're always gonna be nervous. You're always gonna be unsure about something you've never tried before. You know, it's it's a, that's totally fine, it's okay. But what I would do is, you know, do some research, find um, some gyms around your area, um, you know, and then also don't be afraid to just go there and check out 
the vibe of the gym you know maybe you can just go there to watch a session or something like that and see how everything is and if you you like the energy if you enjoy that type of thing and then if you you know that's something that appeals to you you go you know what you know this is cool you can you know book in there to do a trial session or you know try a class or whatever don't be afraid to go and you know look around do some research online check out what people's comments are you know if it's mostly good stuff go there and try it out you know i mean um it's it's normal to be worried or afraid of something new man don't don't be too worried about that but you don't use that as the excuse to never go there and try it if it's something you really want to do just go there any whether you're fit not fit whatever don't get in you don't have to get into shape to go there a lot of people you know are you going to start jiu-jitsu because they want to get into shape? Uh, <laughs> yeah, afraid. that, yeah. yeah they're, they're, <laughs> afraid, they, they're afraid that, you know, I'm too unfit now, but don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about anything. If it's something that you want to try, do some research, go and check out the gym if you want to, or just go there and do the class. If you don't like yeah. it, if you're not happy with it, you can try somewhere else. And if you really don't like it, man, you can do something completely different. But more than likely, you're going to enjoy it. More than likely, it's going to be fun. And more than likely, man, it's something that you're going to get obsessed with. Yeah, yeah. True, man. I'm sorry, I just have to laugh because everyone says that because the, that excuse I've heard so many times. Yeah, I'm going to do jujitsu like when I'm in shape. It's like, yeah. yeah. correct. That's the number one op- uh, uh, comment. <laughs> yeah. It's like, say, it, it's like, uh, it's like saying, uh, Saying to children, ah, you gotta read home. Be- uh, you you have to learn to read before you go to school. Uh, yeah, it's like right. ugh, it's number, number one excuse. One bullshit. Yeah, it's number one bullshit. That's right. Yeah, uh, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, yeah. But like you said, you know, it's um, go there and feel the vibe. And uh, yeah, I totally agree on that one. I'm I'm supporting that one. It. it, it It's good points, you know, because I I asked all the other guys that I've had on podcast, not everybody, but some guys I asked the same uh, ask that question because I want to hear their the, the different uh, views on uh, how they see it. It's, it's always fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, damn, we we got like fifty three minutes on now. So um, is there anything more you want to add, or uh, anything more you want to talk about, or? Nah, man. It's just you know, it's. Um... I really enjoy what this stuff is and, and, and what it can, you know, add to your life. So, man, if you're thinking about doing it, if you, you know, have any um, desire to go and try it out, man, just go and try it out. If you're worried about it, try and research, try and find somewhere that's family-friendly, that's, you know, supportive to most people and just, man, go into a class. That's that's all it is, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, damn, I, I got to visit Australia at some point. I've, I've been to, like, almost yeah, man, every continent sure. now, so... Australia is the continent I haven't been yet, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, man, you definitely can come down here. Come yeah. down to Brisbane. You can go to Melbourne. Melbourne is where Absolute is with all, um, you know, Craig Jones and, and Lachlan Giles and that team. Yeah. Yeah, it would be fun, you know. First go to Melbourne and then uh, Brisbane and uh, Sydney would be fun and just like because I never been to Australia and heard I, I've heard it's like a very nice country and the weather the weather is like, it's like Rio. Almost. Yeah, man, it can be very relaxed and very nice, man. You, you notice some differences with the different cities and stuff, but yeah, man, everyone's very friendly. Everyone's very helpful most of the time, so yeah, it's a good place to be. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Uh, we are. I, I have like. Uh, 
it's 60 minutes, then I can't record anymore. So uh, this is it, man. Uh, I, I gotta say thank you so much, man. It's a, it's been a blast. It was a lot of fun. No worries, man. Thank you very much for having me. It's always good to talk with you, brother. Sure, man. Sure, man. It's awesome to talk to you, man. We'll we'll talk again, man. I'll probably invite you again at some point. I'll, I'll invite you again. All right, thanks, brother. All right. Thank you very much. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye, bye, bye. 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 bye.